Hi, I'm Homer Hargrove and I'm the pastor of Grave Top Church. I hope that today's message inspires you and that connecting with our church family today truly makes a difference in your life. Enjoy the message. Hey family, I hope that uh, you guys are having a great day. Um, we're trying uh, this new, uh, a new format. Um, uh, I'm trying a new format through Zoom on our Facebook Live, but um, throughout this next three months, we're going to be doing church a little bit differently, meaning we're also going to be doing our online engagement differently. And we want to still be able to have um, a, a strong connection with those of you who aren't able to come in person. Um, for the next three months, we're going to really focus on being the ch church and we're going to uh, do church a lot differently. Instead of meeting in a normal building, we're going to be meeting in people's homes, not just me and Lauren's homes, but people's homes within the church. And we're going to really strive and unpack and learn what it is to be the church. Um, and we're starting a, to go with this big change. We're also going to be doing a, uh, a new series called Be the Church. And the whole heart within the series is for is for us to have a better understanding of what it what it internally requires of us to be the church and i feel that the, that it's so important to know why you do what you do and oftentimes we think that we should just blindly just be the church and be the hands and feet of jesus and yes we should the, there's the 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 laborers are few when it comes to the harvest when it comes to those willing to um do the work of ministry but i want us to just take a deep dive into understanding the idea and the heart of what being the church is and the reason that this is so important be is because it's not just what you do but how you do it and we need to be able to take the the roles and duties of what it is to be the church we need to take those incredibly serious because it's uh, it's great to show up. Yes, it's it's important to show up, but what you do when you get there matters because there's there's so many people who do uh, uh, wear the label of being the church, but also there's many who attempt and leave behind a trail of people who have been hurt by church. And if we want to be the church, I think that we need to put a a, a stronger emphasis of how we do that so that we don't continue to leave more and more people hurt by the church and in so doing that i thought that an excellent way for us to start this series and to start the new year is is really by uh, looking at what jesus did before he started his ministry on earth there's one thing that he did before uh before starting his ministry before doing uh uh anything significant on earth when it came to his ministry uh god's kingdom and that was going on a 40-day fast and i want to read scripture about that moment for him in matthew chapter 4 starting in verse 1 it says then jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil for 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and became very hungry. During that time, the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, No, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. 
Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple, and said, If you are the Son of God, jump off, for the scriptures say he will order his angels to protect you, and they will hold you up with their hands so, so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus responded, The scriptures also say that you must not test the Lord your God. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a every uh, a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him, for the scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil went away and the angels came and took care of Jesus. Now jumping down to verse 17, it says, from then on, Jesus began to preach, repent, of your sins and turn to God for the kingdom of heaven is near. And start with this scripture, I want us to really understand what this fast meant for Jesus. Fasting, <laughs> speaking of, we're about to start our 21 day fast on uh, next Sunday, January 8th. This is a great, uh, great plug for that. But for this fast, I want us to understand what one of the purposes of fasting is and that is depriving your flesh of what it desires fasting deprives your flesh of what it desires and whenever you deprive your flesh of that desire you in turn bring out some of the some of the darkest parts of yourself especially when it comes to food it, it it's we're all most people are pretty decent nice people right we can say that about a lot of people but when someone is hungry, they're hangry, they become animals, we we're just react on our emotions because our flesh is deprived of something that it desires. And one of the most important things of fasting is that it helps us to see some of those things deep within our character, within our heart, within our emotions. Uh, Proverbs describes that testings is like putting someone uh someone uh someone is like silver that when we put silver through a furnace that uh, the way that it works is um you have a precious metal that has on the outside seems like it's just precious metal but when you put it through the furnace when you put it through the fire or the testing it boils forth the impurities of the metal and it rises to the top and you know it's used to wipe those ways a stick how symbolic of what the cross is is how when we bring those impurities to Jesus, we're, we're in a sense having this moment asking him to wipe away these things that are truly not of us, but are within us. And fasting does just that. It, it brings all of that to the top, and we have the choice to, to bring it to Jesus. And I want us to, to grasp for a moment that Jesus does this. He does this before starting his ministry on earth why why does he specifically need to do this and i believe that one of the reasons is to give himself emotional grounding emotional grounding your emotional state needs to be grounded before you do anything significant as an example to that think about any toxic relationship that you've been in <laughs> especially if it's in badly if it ended badly, it's usually because of 
the, the emotional instability of what that person was experiencing. And see, it started out good. It could have been a great, glorious relationship, but because their emotions were not grounded, it ruined it. The same goes for, for uh, people in their workplaces, people with their, as parents, I, I mean, you can apply it to every area of life be, that we operate in. It is, uh, it is governed by our emotional grounding. And our emotions can either make or break situations that we're in. It's it, it, it's just an extremely vital part of our lives. And if we're able to accept that, we can understand that when we allow ourselves to fast, when we we when we allow ourselves to have self-reflection, it helps us to better understand ourselves. You're able to better understand your pride, your fear, your expectations, and especially your desires. And it's important for us to be able to know these things about ourselves. For Jesus, think about uh, some of these things that he's tempted with. I mean, the moment that he's tempted with loaves of bread. Is, is eating bread a sin? No. But for Jesus, it was something that he desired at that moment. And the devil was trying to tempt him and that desire, and he, uh, for us to understand that anything that, uh, just because we have desires doesn't mean that every desire is good for us. And to subject ourselves to fasting is determining to practice emotional grounding for ourselves. The, another thing that he's tempted with in this time is, it says that he's tempted, to, he says, I'll give you all of the kingdoms if you just bow down and worship me. Why is this something seemingly temptuous for jesus it's because that is what jesus is going to get in the end he is going to get all of the kings he's every knee shall bow every tongue confess but it's only through the the brutal transition of the cross and resurrection and see the devil during this this time period on earth where sin reigns over the world sin and death reign over this world the devil reigns in this world. And he's saying, look, I'm going to step back and you can just have the world. I'll step back. I'll stop. I'll stop picking on these people and you can have them. You don't have to go through all the cross and all that. Just, just bow down and worship me and we'll call it even. We'll call it a truce and I'll just step away. And it was, it, it was a shortcut, uh, of course, a lie from the devil, but it was a shortcut temptation say look let's just let's just get all this out of the way and if you worship me we'll we'll call we'll just do this you don't have to go through the cross in that way he would not have beat death he would have not defeated death he would have not defeated the devil but he would have also not had to go through the cross so we see that this practice of fasting helps you to have the confidence in in the moments of what is right and wrong because we go through these situations in life to where something that we want comes to us, but with certain contingencies that are unhealthy for us. And it's through fasting and emotional grounding that we're able to prepare ourselves to still choose right when wrong seems right. Does that make sense? And it, this it is just so incredibly vital for us to understand our emotional health, especially when it comes to learning what it is to be the church. There's, I've, I've talked to a lot of people when it comes to church hurt, I've experienced church hurt. And what I've found 
is that church hurt is not caused by false teachers and false prophets. It's not caused by those who are intentionally trying to hurt the church, not even caused mostly by, by wolves in sheep's clothing. It's often caused by leaders who do not have emotional grounding while in their role. It, it's an insecure leader, that, that, that leader that has fear or false expectations or, or unbridled pride. Their emotions are not grounded. And in turn, they inadvertently hurt other believers because of their instable emotional health. It is so important. If we want to be the church without just creating more church hurt, we have to get a hold of emotional grounding in our lives. It's not just important for our roles as being the church. It's not just important in our walk with God, but it's important for every aspect of our lives to have emotional grounding. And I guarantee you that if you take this seriously and understand that your emotional health is important, understanding your emotional reactions, it will better your relationship with God as well. You will not be so angry with God in moments of confusion when you understand that your emotions have a big play in that. I mean, shoot, there's some times where I'm mad at God and then I get a good night's rest. I was like, well, I don't know why I was so angry. It's just, I was tired and it came out and my emotions showed it. And so I'm telling you, we, we, this time of fasting, I encourage you, jump in on this 21 day fast because it will give not only a spiritual sensitivity to your life, but it will give you emotional grounding for your life. Now, that being said, I want to talk about another thing, and that is the holiness that comes with fasting. The level of spiritual power in your life is dependent on the reverence that you give it. When we put a high emphasis of, of reverence to spirituality, we in turn receive a, a higher level of spiritual power and engagement. It makes me think about when I first gave my life to Christ. We, see, we often think that holiness is, is just one line, one spectrum to where if you pass mile marker 55, then you become holy and then your prayers are powerful. It's simply not like that. I think that holiness is more so individual lines in each person's life. It's individual journeys that looks different compared to everybody else. For me, I, I remember first casting out demons when I was just a year being a Christian, not because I was more holy than anybody else, but in my life, I had, uh, had pursued a greater level of spiritual reverence that, that was meaningful for me. It was a big change for me. It may not look better than somebody else, but in my life, it was great is a great change. There's a great change in reverence in my spirituality. And so I saw great results. In your life, the difference-making power is seen in that decision of holiness and reverence in your spirituality. And I think it goes into a play of understanding the idea of absolutes and permissions when it comes to God and the Bible, and what is okay, what's not okay. I remember um, going to, to this conference one time, and I heard uh, a very fa a famous preacher named Tim Ross uh, speak, and I remember uh, not only did he share a main conference session, but he even set up time to do individual leadership sessions for uh, other leaders that were there and, and ministers, 
And at the end, he waited and people, you know, kind of got in the line to go talk to him uh, before he left. And I remember I personally wanted to go and speak with him simply to say I wanted to tell him thank you because he made this powerful video from uh, I am uh, in a series called I am second. And he shared his own personal transparency about how he was molested when he was a kid. And for me, uh, as, a, as a grown male, when I saw that video, it, it just brought so much breakthrough in my life because I was molested when I was younger. And I just simply wanted to say thank you for being transparent in that, in that video. It, it brought so much breakthrough in my life. And I remember waiting in line. Again, this is like a great man of God. You, you know, and all these people are waiting in line. And there's this, uh, this guy, these two guys in front of me that there's finally their turn. And again, you could, this is like a, a great preacher. And you could ask him anything. Like, what Bible book should I read right now? What should I do to grow my faith right now? What would you recommend? How can I, how can I get anywhere um, uh, more deeper in my relationship or grow more in my ministry, you know, anything you could ask him. And you know what they said? They got up there and they said, hey, what are your views on tattoos? <laughs> they just wanted permission to get a tattoo. They didn't want the authority of their own church. They wanted to hear this guy say, it's okay to get a tattoo. That's all they cared about was getting permission to do something that they were confused about. And when it comes to the idea of holiness, there's certain things in scripture that are absolute. They're, they're white and black. It's life or death. It's clear that these certain things are wrong. There's other things that are gray areas that are maybe permissible or not. And Paul says, all, uh, you're allowed to do all things, but not all things. Uh, you're permitted to do all things, but not all things are beneficial to your life. Not all things are edifying to your faith. And so, understanding whenever you want to do something or uh, engage in something that you feel like you have to ask permission for, I want you to understand that each person's level of holiness is dependent on their own walk with God. For one, a, a very common example is like the idea of drinking. Uh, for, for a long time, early on in my faith, I remember thinking that drinking was just a sin. And if you're a Christian who drinks and you're not, you're, you don't know Jesus well enough to not drink. And I remember having a conversation with this, this homeless guy uh, that I started witnessing to, and he was, he was totally drunk. I, could, uh, I think I might have even got secondhand drunk, just for how strong the liquor was on his breath. And as I was trying to talk to him about Jesus, he started telling me how much he loved the Lord. And he started quoting me all these scriptures. And I talked to him for like 15 minutes, and it became very clear to me that he genuinely loved Jesus. And I remember feeling so confused about my faith because I had been taught that if you drink, then you're, 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 you're not committed to Christ. But I was like, man, this guy really loves the Lord. And I remember thinking and praying all that night, thinking about scriptures and thinking about, and just praying and asking, like, what, what is your stance on this, God, about drinking alcohol? And, and I came to the conclusion that I believed that Maurice was saved, that, that he would go to heaven. If he died that night, that he would go to heaven because the Bible says that if you, if you, confess Jesus as Lord, you believe in your heart that he's the son of God and confess him as Lord, that surely you shall be saved. And I just came to this conclusion that he loved the Lord and God and Jesus loved him. And his personal journey is, is not my job. It's not my job to dictate, decide how good or bad that journey looks. It, it's his journey between him and God. 
And there's verses in the Bible that talk about the drink wine and be merry. And there's verses in the Bible, that, like in Ephesians 4, uh, 4 that says um, that uh, put away the wine instead of uh, to be drunk on the Holy Spirit instead of drunk on wine, to, to not drink. And so it, it's not about as much as asking. Uh, it's not about trying to see what is absolute wrong and right when it comes to drinking, but determining for yourself what is right and wrong. For me and, and my wife, we do not drink. Be and for me personally, the number one reason why I don't drink is because for me, I have, there's a moment where I realized that God showed me that he could be my peace. And that's really why I wanted to drink was a way for peace. And he showed me that he could be my peace. The second reason that I don't drink is because addiction runs in my veins. When I, the thought of drinking, I don't think about just drinking celebratory. I think about day drinking with, with whiskey. <laughs> I just go straight to the extreme. And I wouldn't, I, don't, I wouldn't be able to control myself to just have one or two. And so for me, I do not drink. I'm a, I'm a sober liver. <laughs> and, and anyone that does not make me better or worse than any other believer out there, because my level of holiness, my level of reverence is dependent to my own life. It Someone else could be uh, uh, further on in their journey, even closer to Christ, and, and have their occasional glass of wine. It doesn't matter. That's their walk, and I have mine. So we must understand this idea about absolutes and permissions, and you need to determine for yourself where you're at in your spiritual reverence in your life and what you need to pursue and and what kind of uh, power you want to experience in your life and what i've found is that the greater level of spiritual reverence that i put the greater level of impact and power that i see and when you fast you're putting an intense level of reverence on spirituality in your life and you in turn see an intense level of spiritual power so again i encourage you as we go through this time of the series, learning to be the church, and I, I really encourage you to join in on this 21-day fast because you will see growth in your life. You will see uh, growth in your relationship and your walk with God, and you'll see practical growth in anything that you're praying for, believing for. You will see that power engage and activate in your life. So I, again, I encourage you, join us in this fast for that holiness, for that spiritual pursuit, that spiritual power, and for that emotional grounding. With that being said, I, I, I want to give an opportunity if, that if you're listening to this um, and you've never had a moment uh, where you've made a simple decision to put your trust in Jesus. And as I'm going through this, maybe you're thinking about how you're raised in church, you're not raised in church. And as I'm talking about these things, you've never made the, the initial spiritual reverence in your life to give Jesus that the simple conversation, to have a conversation where you make him your Lord and Savior. You've never had that moment of reverence and you wanted to do that today. The Bible says in the book of Romans, that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is who he says he is, surely you shall be saved. What it's saying is if you have a genuine heart and talk to Jesus yourself, Tell him, acknowledge who he is, the son of God that died on the cross and rose from the dead. That's all it takes to start this relationship and this journey with him. You don't even need me to lead you through a pretty prayer. You can have that conversation with him yourself. If that is you, I really encourage you to not let another day go by, but have that day, that moment, that conversation right now. 
for the rest of you. I'm so grateful for y'all being a part of this devotion today. And I, I'm really looking forward to the, the next three months as we do church differently. Uh, I really uh, am excited about how God is going to use this time to bring people from death to life. We're really going to be able to see how church is all about Christ and community as we strengthen our, our group of people. Um, and, and I'm so grateful for you guys being a part. We want to stay engaged. And that's why we're doing a little more personal video one-on-one -on -one with you guys. But all that being said, um, if, if uh, before I let you go, I want you to, to just know a couple of announcements that we have. One, we are starting that 21-day fast January 8th. If you have any questions about fasting, all you have to do is DM us and we will answer your questions. We'll help you and guide you in the best way that we can. Uh, and everyone, as we're doing this fast, it's, it's, uh, you're free to choose whatever kind of fast you want. You do the, you, whether you want to do a Daniel fast with it, which is pretty much a, a vegan diet, or whether you want to do a partial fast, which is intermittent fasting. Well, you can fast from uh, sunup to sundown, a 12 hour fast where you don't eat, um, or you can do, uh, increase it to 16 or 20 hour times, uh, 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 hours of not eating. The choice is up to you. And, in this time of fasting, uh, we're going to have uh, a prayer calls through Zoom on every Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday at eight o'clock. Again, so if you want to be a part of that, all you have to do is let us know and we'll send you the link. Um, and we're also starting our reading plan. So we have two reading plans that we're doing. One is a one-year reading plan that's going to go on through the, the entire year. And it, these readings only take like 10 minutes to do. They're really simple. And if you get on this plan, by the end of the year, you'll read the entire Bible. It's an amazing thing to do. It's a, it's a simple sacrament of our faith that we're able to do. People say all the time that you don't have to go to church to find God. It's very true. You can find them in the word at home, right by yourself. You can find them through prayer and worship, of course. But through the word is something so special. Join on the one-year reading plan. Uh, we're all For those who are overachievers, we're going to be doing a New Testament challenge where we're going to read through the entire New Testament starting today till January 30th. This month of January, we're going to read through the entire New Testament. And these readings are about 11 to 12 chapters a day. It takes about 30 to 45 minutes. It's something totally worth it. And it is something that will definitely grow and edify your faith. If you want to join any one of these plans, all you have to do is visit our website, grapetopchurch.com, and we have the, the links there to join. And then finally, if you have it on your heart to give today um, and you want to donate to Gravetop Church, we never want anyone to feel pressured or persuaded to give when they don't want to. It's something done out of your own heart. The Bible says that God loves the cheerful giver. Right before that verse, it says, do not give out of compulsion. And so if you have it on your heart to give, you can do that by going to gravetop, uh, gravetopchurch.com, click the donate tab, and you're able to give online. And on the topic of giving, we want you to know that the heart of giving, the heart of generosity is what it really is, is recognizing the impact that God has made in your life. There is specifically um, the impact that God has made through Gravetop Church in your life. And when you give, you're extending that impact to be able to happen in somebody else's life. That's really what giving does. And it's a simple act of worship and it's incredibly personal between you and God. And we're simply stewards of that gift. But with that being said, I'm so grateful for y'all being a part in this, uh, in this online group. I love y'all. Hope y'all have a great rest of your evening.
and good luck. Hey, I hope that you enjoyed today's message. If you did, there's several different ways to connect. First is by subscribing to our show, leaving a review or a comment. Second is by going to gravetopchurch.com and clicking the Get Connected tab so that we can connect with you as an individual. And third is if this ministry has made an impact in your life and you want to help us to continue to reach others, then you can give online by clicking the Give tab. Until next time, thank you for being a part of Gravetop Church.